Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, let's just open our Bibles, if you've got them with us, with you, to Mark 5, verse 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind Him in the crowd and touched His garment. For she said, If I touch even His garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus, perceiving in Himself that power had gone out from Him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And His disciples said to Him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? But He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before Him and told Him the whole truth. And He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. I believe God is going to pour out His Spirit on us again today. I believe that God is going to perform miracles in this house this morning. God's healing power is in the room. His power is all over this building. The title of my message today is Just One Touch. That's all you need. Lord, we just lift You up in this place. You are worthy of it all. I pray that as I speak today, that it is Your words, not mine. I pray that You move through me, that You speak through me, that it's Your Holy Spirit that speaks, Lord. I pray that You descend on us this morning. That as I speak, that You, Holy Spirit, You translate what needs to be translated. You stop what needs to be stopped and You speak what needs to be spoken. We give You all the glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe there'll be miracles poured out today because you said at the proclamation of your gospel, signs and wonders will follow. And all the saints said, Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. So good. Well, you can take a seat. Thank you so much, team. How good with the team this morning? So good to have Cam with us this morning, all the way from the city. Uh, um, if you don't know me, my name is Ben and I'm one of the pastors here at Elevation Church Hills and I am excited because as it has been said many times, today is Pentecost Sunday. And if you're not too sure what it is, Pentecost Sunday is the day in our Christian calendar that we remember and we celebrate the day of Pentecost. But if you're not sure what Pentecost is, the story of Pentecost can be found in Acts 2. And basically what happened was uh, Jesus, just before He uh, ascended back to heaven, He said, go into Jerusalem. He told His disciples, go into Jerusalem and wait. Wait to be clothed in power. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Wait for the promise of the Father. And then Jesus ascended back to heaven and the disciples they went into Jerusalem. They locked themselves in what's called the upper room and they waited. They tarried, they prayed, they worshipped for about 10 days. 10 days they were expectant 
And then in Acts 2.2, it says, suddenly, the sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the room. And at that point, there were tongues of fire and every person was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was the first time that they were filled permanently. See, all through the Old Testament, we see people uh, being clothed in power, being led by the Spirit, inspired by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. But this was the first time it was permanent. It used to be temporary, but now because of the work of Jesus on the cross, He broke sin, He broke death, He broke the barrier that separated us from the Father. So now we can come back into relationship with Him and He can put His Spirit in us. So from that day forth, the Pentecostal power that we we sing about, that we read about, is available. Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago, but the same power is available today. So when we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, what we're celebrating is the coming of the Spirit. We're celebrating Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Just like at Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming into the world. And then at Easter, we celebrate the death and resurrection. On Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the coming of the Spirit. And today, I want to talk about healing. I know this can be a bit of a touchy subject because I know that many people are in different places in their healing journey. But the Word of God is true and the Word of God says He is a healer. Healing is available today. So as, we, as I talk, as we, as we talk about this subject, I want us to uh, better understand what healing is, what it looks like, and how we have access to it today. Okay, that's what I want to go through. And I feel like healing has such a close connection to Pentecost Sunday, to pe- the day of Pentecost. Because as Cam was saying before, at the end of the, the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added. But then the first thing that we see the church do is heal. In Acts 3, Peter is going up to the temple, not at a quiet time, but at a, at a busy time. He knew there would be people everywhere. And as he was walking up, there was this lame beggar And he said, give me gold, give me something. I need something. And Peter says, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he stood up and he walked. And then says he ran around, he was jumping, he was celebrating. That is the power of Pentecost. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power that is in this room and resides in believers. So what does it look like? In verse 25, it says, And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. This woman had been suffering for 12 years with the same illness. Day in, day out, she was suffering. Day in, day out, the same thing 
over and over again. She had gone to physician after physician, doctor after doctor. And what we can assume from the text, she was going to priests. She was praying to God because she understood Jewish cleanliness ceremonial laws. She had done everything in her power. She had paid for her healing. She had given all of her money away. She said, God, I want this. I want healed. I want to be healed. But it just didn't happen. And I feel like there are a few people like that today that you, you've been trying to go after healing. You've been paying for your healing. You've been seeking God for your healing, but it just hasn't happened. And in that place, this woman, two, two things could have happened. She could have said, you know what? It hasn't happened for 12 years, so why would it happen now? She could have just forgot. She could have left it alone. She said, you know what? I don't need that healing. You're not going to heal me, so I'm just going to leave it alone. Or she could have got bitter. She could have said, I've heard all these reports about people getting healed and I'm not healed yet. I've seen it in others' lives, but why not me? She could have, she could have got bitter, but no. She didn't get bitter. She didn't come comp complacent. When she heard the stories, she said, what you've done for them, do for me. What you've done for them, the healings that you've poured out, do it for me. Because she was not okay in her situation. She was not okay with her illness, with her disease. So to be healed, we must want to be healed. To be healed, we must want to be healed. I don't know, that's kind of a funny uh, statement. It's like, well, of course I want to be healed. If I... Uh, if I'm suffering, I want to be healed. But some of us have bought into this misunderstanding that salvation is merely conversion. Salvation is merely getting us out of hell. And then being saved is merely just being more, more and more obedient. But salvation is not just us getting out of hell. It's getting the hell out of us. It's not just us getting out of hell, being saved from hell. It's getting the hell out of us. And that is everything. Healing, uh, salvation is holistic. It is mind, soul, body, spirit. It is not just being more obedient. It is becoming more and more like Jesus. And that includes in health. Healing is holistic. And then we see that in Romans 8.21. It says, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Everything that sin broke, everything that sin defiled through the power of Jesus is being redeemed. Through the power of Jesus is being saved. It's not just obedience. It's transforming our minds. It's becoming healed like He is and everything in creation will be renewed once again. But some of us have come, become complacent in our healing or our unhealing. We've maybe been suffering for many, many, many years. And we said, you know what? You know what, God? It's okay. If you're not going to heal me, that's fine. I know that's how, that, that's how I ended up. Most of you know about five years ago, I was healed of, of allergies. But the journey leading up to that point 
wasn't easy. It wasn't just me going, yeah, God, I believe you. Eventually you're going to heal. No, no, no. I got, to, I got to a place where I said, you know what, God? It's okay. I don't need to be healed. My life is good. Like my wife is a, an amazing cook. Many of you have tasted her food, right? She is a great cook. Um, so when, I, when we found out that I had these allergies, allergies, she was able to shift and change the way that she cooked and she cooked new things and it was great because she's a great cook. Like, I was like, I'm not missing out. And it was right around the time when allergies kind of became the cool thing to do. Like, oh, this week I'm going to be celiac. Oh, this week I'm going to be lactose-free. So even going to, like, to uh, restaurants, it was easy. They had allergy menus. You could remove things. It was great. I was living a good life. So I said, you know what, Jesus? I don't need this. You know what? I don't need the healing. But it wasn't until someone convicted me, more actually more like rebuked me and said, okay, but Jesus didn't make you that way. Jesus did not make you that way. When God created man and woman, he looked upon them and he said, it is very good. See, I had been so, uh, I'd just been so focused on my experience and my situation that I wasn't looking to Jesus. Jesus did not make us that way. And then a few, few months later, I was at a church retreat and I was playing in the band, right? I was playing and then the preacher, he was, he was uh, preaching and he was uh, ministering and he was, uh, the Holy Spirit was moving, healing was happening. And he said, I believe God wants to heal people of allergies tonight because he did not make you that way. And I said, he didn't make me that way. So I put my hand up, and the next day, I had the biggest bowl of ice cream I could ever have. It was amazing. But that is who our God is. He will pour out, us, pour out His Spirit on us in ways and in times that we just never know. And I feel like that's a word for someone this morning. He did not make you that way. I feel like there's people in this room that have just become complacent in their unhealing. They're like, you know what, God, I don't need this. But God wants to tell you, He did not make you that way. There might even be people that you are healed from something, but you're not healed back to where God created you. You're healed, but you're a bit different. And there's still something in your life that isn't just working quite right. God did not make you that way. Now, we might not see this healing, this side of eternity, but that does not then mean we don't have access to it. Just because you don't experience it in your life doesn't mean you stop praying for it. Just because you don't see it in your situation doesn't mean you back off from the things of God. God said He was a healer. And as we sung before, you, your promises are yes and amen. If He promised it and the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit, we can know that healing is real and healing will come. So we can't change who God is, but we can change how we come to Him. We can't change who He is. We can't bend His arm to give us what we want, but we can change how we come to Him. It says we need to ask, we need to seek, and we need to knock. Because those that ask, receive. Those that seek, find. And those that knock, the door will be opened unto you. Without God, we can't. But without us, He won't. God is a God of partnership. Without us, He won't. God will only turn up 
where he's wanted. God will only move where the people ask for it. God will only heal in those that want it. To receive healing, we must want to be healed. And then the story goes on. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. When she heard the reports, and faith comes from hearing, when she heard the reports, she said, you know what? That's who you are. She didn't allow her situation or her experience, her unhealing to define who Jesus was. She allowed Jesus to define who he was. And we need to allow Jesus to define who he is. So she heard, she had faith, she believed, and she said, you know what? That is who you are. Despite what I see, that is who you are. Despite what my circumstances, that is who you are. You are the one that moves mountains. You are the one that heals. You are the one that saves. And the best place for us to understand who Jesus is, is the Bible. If you want to know who Jesus is, read the Word. If you want to know who God is, read your Bible. Get in the Bible every day. Read it. And then you will know who He is. And there's many names uh, for God in the Bible. There's a few of my favorite are uh, El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Elyon, that's my favorite, uh, God Most High. Um, but there's a few names in the Bible that describe who He is, that, that show us what He is capable of. Jehovah Jireh, God or the Lord, my provider. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. And Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. And I find it so funny that we can, we can go, Jehovah Jireh, 100%. I believe that you will provide. You have provided, you are providing, and I fully believe you will provide. Jehovah Shalom, yeah, you're my peace. But when we get to Jehovah Rapha, uh, maybe not today. When we get to Jehovah Rapha, we go, mm, is that really who you are? Did you really say that? Are you, are you God, my healer? But what I find so funny about these three names, two of them were given to God by the people of God, and one of them was given by God. It was Abraham that called God Jireh. It was Gideon that called God Shalom. But it was the Lord Almighty that called himself healer. And we see that in the book of Exodus. We see it in Exodus 15. God's saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to the commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. God said he was a healer. So that, mean, so that ends it. He is a healer. Whether we don't see it, that is who he is. We must allow God to define himself. And he said, I am the Lord, your God, Rapha, your healer. And in the Old Testament, we, we don't only see who God is, 
but we also get glimpses of who Jesus is. And one of the most common passages we see is Isaiah 53. And this is a a passage that, that prophesies about the coming of Jesus. But not only that Jesus will come, but who He is and what He will do. And there's prophecies in there of Him being a healer. And then in Matthew 8, after Jesus had gone around, he had, he had been healing people. He, uh, he cleansed the leper. He raised the centurion's son back to life. He'd been healing and healing. He cast out demons. And then Matthew says, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and he bore our disease. Isaiah 53.4 was fulfilled when Jesus physically healed. When Jesus physically healed on the earth, that is when the prophecy was fulfilled. And what I find so interesting is the Pharisees, they were okay with Him healing. They were like, go for it, Jesus, you heal. There was one time where they were like, why are you healing? But it was, why are you healing on the Sabbath? So the issue was law-based, not healing-based. They're like, go for it. Heal away. We've seen it before. Heal. But as soon as he said, son, your sins are forgiven, they lost it. Who do you think you are? You can forgive sins? You can do this? And he said, what's easier? To forgive sins or to tell this man to get up and walk? They were fine with healing, but they did not believe that he could save. But today, it's the opposite. We are perfectly fine with a Savior God. We are perfectly okay with a God who died and then resurrected. But when it gets to healing, we're like, no. Jesus resurrected. He brought Himself back to life. By the Spirit of God, He was brought back to life and that same Spirit is in you. He is rougher. He is healer. He is able. He is when we need to not allow our experience to define our theology or our situation to define who Jesus is, we need to read the Bible to know who Jesus is and read the Word to know what He is capable of. And what is He capable of? Healing. That is who He is. And He is more than able. See, Elijah, he raised a widow's son back to life. Jesus raised Lazarus back to life. And then Paul raised the dead man back to life. See, I'm using uh, raising dead people back to life because I feel like it is the most extreme form of healing. And I've seen it. And when you see someone raised back to life, as I've said before, it kind of ruins your theology. But that is the most extreme form of healing and it was available not just when Jesus was incarnate on earth, but prior to Him coming on earth and after He went back to heaven. Because He is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So if He was a healer yesterday, He is a healer today and He will continue to be healer forever. That is who our God is. He is healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. And I believe God wants to pour out His healing on us today. And then it goes on. So she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 29. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. 
And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? What changed for this woman? She came expectant to be healed. She came knowing what Jesus was capable of. And then, with just one touch, she encountered the living God. To be healed, we must encounter the living God. We must encounter Jesus. And as we encounter Jesus, it says that he perceived a power go out from him. Some translations say a virtue go out from him. But when we are healed, when we receive healing, there is something of Jesus that transfers from him into us. There is something that goes from him into us. But we can't add to Jesus. We can't subtract from Jesus. So when he said something has gone out from him, it's not removing things from him. It is just transferring from him into us. And there's many ways that this can happen. But the most prominent way that we see this happening, the most prominent way that we see it happening in Scripture, and the way that we are commanded to do it, is by laying on of hands. We must lay our hands on people and people will be healed. We see Jesus do this in Luke 4.40 and then we see it all through the book of Acts. We see, and sometimes the laying on of hands was for divine healing. Sometimes it was for setting apart people in ministry. Sometimes it was for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But every single time there was an element of impartation. And then in Mark... Mark 16, just after Jesus had given the disciples the Great Commission, He then said, And these signs will accompany those who believe. Will accompany those who believe. In My name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. But they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And then in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, go into the city, go into Jerusalem and tarry. Go and wait for the promise of the Father. Do not do anything until you are clothed with a power from on high. So when we hear these two statements together, what we can understand is Jesus is saying, go, wait in the upper room, wait until you're filled with the power, wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, wait until you're filled with a fire from heaven, and then lay your hands on people and they will be healed. Because when you lay your hands on people, something will go out of you into them. Something will be imparted from you into them. And that is the Holy Spirit. In, in Ephesians 3.20, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all than we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. As the band come, when we pray for people, when we lay our hands on people, when we have the Spirit inside of us, when we have the power and the fire, when we lay our hands, there is something that wants to get out. Amen. And that is the Holy Spirit. We don't have the Holy Spirit to better ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit to better our world. We have the Holy Spirit to burst forth into our world. And if we see, the, and if we push into God, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will see a revival. We will see it in this great nation, this great Southland of the Holy Spirit. 
Come on, what's the point of having these big churches if the Holy Spirit's left? What's the point of having all these lights if we have sick people in them? God is healer, so let's lay hands. Let's lay our hands and let's pray for healing because that is who He is. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. So in a, so when Jesus was physically healing people, that's when Isaiah 53.4 was fulfilled. But Isaiah 53.5, but He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by His wounds, we are healed. This is prophesying of the death of Jesus. We are only able to be healed because of what He did on the cross. We are only able to be whole because of what He did at Calvary. He took our sins. He bore our iniquities. He paid the debt that we could not pay. And by His stripes, we are healed. We can be healed today. You can be healed today because of what Jesus did. So I'd like to invite you to stand. And in a moment, we're going to open the altar. And I believe God's Spirit is going to pour out like we have not seen. But if you have not met this Jesus before, if you have not heard about this Jesus before, I want, you to tell you, I want to tell you one thing. He died on the cross for the hope set before Him. And that was for your salvation. It says in John 3.16, God for so loved the world that He gave His Son. God loves you. Jesus died for you. He paid the debt that you could not pay. And now we are brought back into relationship with the Father and we are able to be filled with this power, filled with this fire. So you may not know Jesus today or you may have known Him and walked away. But whatever it is, Jesus is calling you home. Wherever you are in relationship to Jesus, Jesus wants to call you into greater relationship with Him. So with eyes closed, if that's you, if you want to say yes, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know this power from on high. I want to know this Holy Spirit. I want this Holy Spirit to live inside me because I want to be made whole. And I can only be made whole by the power of Jesus. If that's you, I just ask you to boldly raise your hand right now. If that's you in this place and you want to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to give you my life because I want to know you. I want to come into a relationship with you. If that is you, just boldly raise your hand right now. So good. Well, let me just pray and then we'll open the altar. Lord, I just pray for every single person in this room that they come into greater relationship with you. That you fill them with your presence, with your knowledge, with your understanding. And they are made whole in Jesus' name.